How many are ready to uh, ready for the word this morning? Come on, you ready? Last week I asked you, remember last week at the beginning I said, I'm going to need you to lean in because it was heavy last week, wasn't it? Because we talked about families being slaughtered and stoned and killed and all that stuff. Y'all know that's not an easy one to preach on, right? But today we're going to close out this message series and I'm really excited to be sharing the scriptures that we're going to be sharing. For those who have not been with us, you are on the very end of us closing out a series that we've called Uncharted, and we find the title for the series from this scripture in Joshua chapter 3 that says, You have not passed this way before. Here's what we believe at this church. We believe that Jesus Christ died for you to move into abundant life. He wants you to live the best life that you can live through Him. All right? If you are living a relationship with God where it's just kind of this mundane and it's the same thing, you're not living in the fullness of what God has for you. He wants you to walk in freedom. He wants you to walk in fullness. He wants you to be passionate and excited. The Bible says this, that we're supposed to go from glory to... Not glory to messes. Not glory to worse than it's ever been. Glory to glory. Well, what? Sometimes I have messes and worse than... Yeah, that's the two part. That's the two part, all right? The glory too, there's the mess right there in the two part. But God doesn't want you to live in the mess, wandering in the wilderness. He wants you to move on to the next glory in your life. And so we've been talking about that. How do we get from wandering in the wilderness to stepping into the promised land? All God has for us. And that's what we're closing out today. I want to start where we left off last week. I'll read a few of those verses and then we're going to move into it. Let's go. Joshua chapter 6. Verse 16, this, the scripture is going to be on the screen behind me if you don't have uh, the scripture in front of you. The seventh time around, as the priests sounded the long blast on their horns, Joshua commanded the people, shout. Everybody say, shout. shout. For the Lord has given you the town. Jericho and everything in it must be completely destroyed as an offering to the Lord. Only Rahab the prostitute, And the others in her house will be spared, for she protected the spies. This is who we're going to talk about today. Verse 21. And they completely destroyed everything in it with their swords. Men and women, young and old, cattle, sheep, goats, and donkeys. Meanwhile, Joshua said to the two spies, keep your promise. Go to the prostitute's house and bring her out along with all of her family. The men who had been spies went in and brought out Rahab, her father, mother, brothers, and all the other relatives who were with her. They moved her whole family to a safe place near the camp of Israel. Then the Israelites burned the town and everything in it. Only the things made from silver, gold, bronze, or iron were kept for the treasure of the Lord's house. So Joshua spared Rahab the prostitute and her relatives who were with her in the house because... She had hidden the spies that Joshua sent to Jericho. And listen, and she lives among the Israelites to this day. Last week, I taught the fact that God said Jericho is the first city in the promised land. Number one. Everybody say first city. And what did we talk about last week? God always wants first. He wants to be first because he is first. And he also demands and requires that we give him the first. First fruits, first of our energy, the first and the best belongs to God. And so he said this, Jericho is the first city. It's mine. 
So if there's anything of value, I want you to take it and put it in, I want you to put it in the house of God. Everything else is supposed to be destroyed. I want to wipe these people completely off the face of the earth. I want you to burn this place down. I want, this is my city, it's mine. There was a guy named Achan that because of his unbelief and disobedience took some and held it to himself and the Bible says because of that he and his entire family were destroyed. Today I want to preach about the exact opposite that there was a lady named Rahab that because of her faith and obedience she and her entire family were saved. Anybody here wants your family to be saved? rest of y'all are good with them just languishing? Just torment? Come on, how many want your family to be saved? They're watching you like, you don't want me to be saved? What are you talking about? So I want to look at this story a little bit closer. Those of you that have been with us for the whole time, you remember the first week, the very first week, I told you I want you to read Joshua chapter 2 as your homework. How many did it? Good, because now we're going back to it, all right? I want you to read it because this is what we're closing out with. And I've gone back and read Joshua 2 several times as we've been doing this series. Let me tell you, I'll I'll walk through it instead of reading it all. So here's the story. Uh, uh, The Israelites have shown back up at the Jordan River. They were there 40 years before, but because of their unbelief and disobedience, Remember I told you Joshua comes down to two words. What are they? Eleven weeks, y'all. Eleven weeks. You see why we say the same stuff over and over and over? Joshua, the book of Joshua comes down to two words. Faith and obedience. Faith and obedience. Do you believe? Do you believe enough to obey? That's what it comes down to. They showed up from Israel to Jordan and they did not believe. They, they had a lack of faith. They sent 12 spies over. Only two came back with a good report. No faith. And because of that, they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. So now here they are 40 years later, and they're right back at the same place, about to step into the same situation. And so Joshua learns from Moses, and instead of sending 12 spies, he sent two. Yeah? I got a good chance if I just send two that those two are going to come back with a good report. He sends two spies over. They find themselves at the house of Rahab, a prostitute. And the king finds out that the king of Jericho finds out that they're in his town and he sends his soldiers after them. Uh, Rahab hides them, the Bible says, under a stack of flax, which I love that. That was funny when I read that. Uh, Under stacks of flax. And she tells the soldiers, yeah, they were here, but now they've they've already moved on. And then she goes, as as the soldiers leave, then she goes and lets these men down uh, with a scarlet rope and they escape from uh, the king of Jericho and his soldiers. So we've already read that Rahab has been spared. Now I want us to go back and look at why. How many would like to know, how can I be spared? Everybody else can be taken out. I want to be spared. (laughs) Let's go back to Joshua 2 and verse number 8. Let's look at some reasons why. Remember, look, I want you to get the context. Everybody in Jericho is about to be gone, slaughtered. Understand that? Nobody, no men, women, boys, girls, gone, all right? Why Rahab? 
Why, why Rahab? Let's, let's talk about that. Joshua 2 and 8. Bless you. Before the spies went to sleep that night, Rahab went up on the roof to talk with them. And she said this to them. I know the Lord has given you the land, she told them. We are all afraid of you. Everyone in the land is living in terror. Why is Rahab spared? Number one, she recognized what God already owned. So write that down. She recognized what God already owned. She did not even believe in their God or serve their God, but she already recognized this is God's land. Now, wherever you stand politically, wherever you stand, let me just say something to you. If you want to know what's happening in the Middle East or will happen in the Middle East, just read the Bible. That's God's land, and God gave it to them. And he said, I don't care if all the world surrounds that little strip of land that you call Israel. I said that's their land. It's going to be their land. So back off. Do we applaud that? I don't know. Yes, you applaud that. Getting a little political. That ain't political. That's the word of God. It's the original contract. This is God's land. I'm giving it to God's people, all right? That's what's going to happen. He promised it to Abraham, and that's what's going to happen. Let me just say something to you. Let's let's move out of the Middle East, and let's move into us right now. Rahab had an understanding of something that world leaders didn't get for a millennia. Like world leaders still can't figure out what's happening on. God said this is Abraham's land. That means it's Abraham's land. He's God of all of the earth. Let's bring it back to Nashville, Tennessee. When are you going to realize that it's all his anyway? I know you may be living on it. You may be eating it. You may be loving it. You may be kissing her. But she ain't yours. You may be driving it. It ain't yours. It is his. Once we have that understanding that this is already God's, even if you haven't given it to him. That's my favorite. God, I just want you to know today's a special day. Why is that? Well, I'm about to give you of my tithes. Okay. And wait for this one. I... I'm going to give you my heart. Oh, you mean the one that I'm allowing to beat right now? The one that I breathe life into? Look, look at your neighbor and say, God already owns it. Just deal with it. And what's great about it is when you give it back to Him, then you're in partnership with Him in it. And it's not you fighting against God over something He already has. I told you this is going to be uplifting, okay? Joshua chapter 2 and verse number 10. She goes on to say this. Remember what she just said? She said, we're all afraid of you. Everyone in the land is living in terror. And she says, for we have heard how the Lord made a dry path for you through the Red Sea when you left Egypt. Watch this. You know what he's talking about. When they came out of Egypt, God parted the Red Sea and they crossed over. What happens the first time when they show up at Jordan? They're scared that God won't open the waters for them to cross through. You just came through the Red Sea. It took an unbeliever to remind them what God had done in their life. 
She's like, I don't even believe. And I believe in your God more than you believe in your God. I kind of got a little thing going on just then, didn't I? It's my birthday, all right? Leave me alone. Uh, is this distracting anybody? Should I take that off? Is that worried? Okay. All right. Thanks, Gwen. So here we go. She says, and we know what you did to Sihon and Og, the two Amorite kings east of the Jordan River, whose people you completely destroyed. No wonder our hearts have melted in fear. No one has the courage to fight after hearing such things. For the Lord your God is the supreme God of heavens above and the earth below. The second reason she was not taken out, the second reason she was spared, is she recognized the supreme God. Now you've got to remember where she's coming from. Her, her, her culture served multiple gods, many gods. God's everywhere. But this lady had an understanding, this God's different than my gods that are sitting over in the corner. This God is the supreme God. He's the God of all gods. He's the God, she said, he's the God of all heaven and earth. I just want to encourage some people that believe here today that we don't just serve God, we serve the God. Everybody say the, the. Capital, T. capital T, the God, supreme. I love that word. Don't you love that word? Never read that before. Supreme above all. I ain't talking about Louis Vuitton supreme, baby. I'm talking about supreme God. Chapter 12. Now swear to me by the Lord that you will be kind to me and my family since I have helped you. Give me some guarantee when Jericho is conquered that you will let me live along with my father and mother and brothers and sisters and all of their families. Now come back with me. Look at me. Remember, this is the same lady that worships all kind of gods and now she hears about this, this nation and this supreme God and she says what? I am, we're scared to death. Our hearts are melting with fear. Like, who can stand up against you? We're paralyzed. One scripture says, our knees are knocking. But now something shifts, and the same God that she was afraid of, now she's putting her faith in. I want you to write this down. This is going to help you make sure that you're walking into everything God has for you. Her fear of God turned into faith in God. Man, I'm going to preach this right now. I'm going to tell you right. Let me get a sip of water. Because I want to help you today. This is the key. If you're sitting here today and you do not believe in God, you don't believe it, you don't, you don't have a relationship with Him, or if you're sitting here today and you've been living for God and living with God for years and years and years, this is going to help you take your next step. Fear of God is a normal thing. And it's a good thing. Fear of God. To have reverence. To be fearful of Him. I mean, many of you have been saved because that's, that's what happened. There was like, oh my God, I'm living in sin. I'm nothing good. I, I, God, I don't want you to judge me. I want to make sure that everything's right. And, and you, you, you give your heart to the Lord based on that. I had a line of people this week. 
after preaching like we did last week. You know what I'm saying? About eclipses and earthquakes. And, and y'all notice what happens this week? Hurricanes. Remember when Jesus said, when you begin to see the sea boil and rage. And man, we had a line of people like, oh God, is it going to happen? Is it going to happen? All right, that's good. That's a good fear. You need to have that. Where that, that gets you right. But listen what I'm about to read to you right now. I want you to look on the, on the screens, and it says this, Proverbs 9 and 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Proverbs 1 and 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Now look at me. Fear of God is just the beginning. It's the foundation And here's what I felt the Holy Spirit impress on me today. If Satan can keep you there, he's happy with that. If he can just get you to a place that you are fearful of God, and that's why you serve God. You're fearful of God. You're fearful of what's going to happen to you. Don't want to go to hell. You don't want this to happen. If the enemy can keep you right there, he's going to keep you from stepping into everything that God has for you. Because God wants a relationship with you and it is hard to have a relationship based on fear. Can I hear an amen? Because God doesn't just want to be your supreme God. He wants to be your father and he wants you to be his child. So it starts with fear, but at some point that fear has got to turn into faith. And I'm looking at some folks right now that are still living in fear. How many would be honest with me? I asked this at 9 o'clock. Man, what a great, great crowd. A great, amazing service at 9 o'clock today. How many of you, I asked this at 9 o'clock. How many of you would just be honest and say, many mornings when you wake up, the first thing you wake up into is fear? Worry. Like, oh God, what? Some of you just wake up, ah! Just right out, just, oh God. (laughs) Just point at your spouse if that's them right there. Just, wake up. You're living in fear, anxiety, stress. It's this thing. Let me tell you what fear is. Fear means this. You do not believe that God wants to or will bless you. Faith believes God wants to and will bless me. Fear is all about the unknown, right? Well, let me tell you something. So is faith, baby. Well, I I would believe, but I just don't know. That's the point of faith. (laughs) Look at your neighbor and say, that was good. That's good preaching right there. Just that part. That's right. (laughs) That's the point of faith. But here's it. Both fear and faith are about the future. Both of them are about the future. But fear says, I don't believe that God wants me to have a good future. Faith says, I believe God wants me to have the best future. Fear says, God can't. Faith says, God not only can, but God will. So Rahab, there was a moment in her life where her fear switched into faith. Let me say something to you. If you can have that click happen, where you can go, yes, I'm reverent, that He is a holy God, and I want to be right, but I have so much faith that He is a good God. You are good, good. I have so much faith that he is a good God. I'm going to step into that instead of staying on the foundation of fear. 
Hebrews 11. How many know what Hebrews 11 is called? Faith chapter. It's also called the heroes of the faith. Those heroes. Check this out. Guess who shows up in Hebrews 11? It is by faith that Rahab the prostitute. Wait, what? Wait, you've just been talking about all these great heroes of the faith and you're just going to chunk Rahab the prostitute in there? Yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit more in just a minute. It was by faith that Rahab the prostitute was not destroyed. Does it say it was by fear that she wasn't destroyed? By being timid? and scared, and worried, and stressed out? No, it was by faith that she was not destroyed with the people in her city who refused to obey God. For she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. Hebrews 11 lists Rahab as one of the heroes of the faith. Now this is a little caveat. Let me step to the side and just say this. Do you notice it still calls her a prostitute? Rahab, the prostitute. I think many times as Christians, we want to distance ourselves from our mess so much that we don't really have a message anymore. That went in my notes, but that was good right there. <laughs> that, that, that was me. I don't want anybody to know about that. that was, I was messed up. No, that's what makes you who you are. That becomes your platform. Rahab, the prostitute. Notice when Jesus shows up to his disciples. You notice the first thing he does to them after he dies? First thing he does to them. Hey, look at my scars. Check that out. Look, put your finger right here. Not us. We hide. Oh, I didn't do it. No, it didn't hurt me. What? No. If Jesus is that authentic, how much more does he want us to be that authentic? All right, I'll move on because you know we don't like that kind of preaching, all right? Come on, he's called us not to fake but to faith, okay? And faith says our God is big enough. Even if you call me what I was, I know what God calls me now. So she was saved by her what? Come on, everybody. She was saved by her, her faith. But then look what James does. James says not just her faith. James 2 and 25 on the screens. Watch this. Rahab, the, there it is again. <laughs> they will not leave it, will they? Rahab, the prostitute, is another example of faith, he says. She is shown to be right with God by her. Wait, what? But Hebrews just said by her. But James says by her actions when she hid those messengers and sent them safely by a different road just as the body is dead without breath so also faith is dead without good works everything comes down to two words one is and do you believe do you believe enough to obey and that's where the blessings of God come I believe it So here's where I would tell you, and you can write this down. Fear of God is where it starts. Fear of God is where it starts. Faith in God is when salvation comes. I'm fearful. I don't know if I'm going to make it to heaven. I don't know if I'm going to make it. And then all of a sudden, all right, I need to get right. And then you say, all right, I want to make it right. How do I make it right? 
oh, there's only one who was right. There's only one who knew no sin but gave his life for mine. So then suddenly my fear turns into faith. And I say, I believe in my heart. And I confess with my mouth. And that's where salvation happens. But then if you really want to step into everything God has for you, you let your fear turn to faith and your faith turn into faithfulness. Well, you say, I believe so much and I'm going to do something about it. Amen? Amen. Faith and works, and that's how faith works. I believe, I believe, I believe. And you just keep doing what you're supposed to do. He said, faith is dead without good works. I heard one person say it. I don't do works to be saved. I do works because I'm saved. So if you're trying to be good in hopes that God's going to go, okay, you can come on in now. Don't do that. Do good because He's already said you're good. Joshua 2 and 17. Before they left, the men told her, you will be bound. Remember where we are, right? We're, we're at the prostitute's house. Remember that? That's where we are. She's hidden him under stacks of flax, right? And now they've made this commitment to one another. And so before they left, the men told her, we will be bound by the oath we have taken only if you follow these instructions. Let me just say something to you. Don't be blaming God for messing up the covenant when he clearly told you the instruction. Don't put that on God, okay? That's on us. Don't move on from there. When we come into the land, you must leave this scarlet rope. Scarlet, that's a fancy word for red, okay? Just, I'm in Tennessee, I'm just making sure. I don't know. I'm from Mississippi, I get it, you know? It's just the way it is. You must leave this scarlet rope hanging from the window through which you let us down. And all your family members, your father, mother, brothers, and all your relatives must be here inside the house. The most important reason that I believe she was spared is she had the scarlet rope. Y'all know that God is big into typology, right? Typology, He's big into images. He's big. He could have picked any other color. Could have been a green rope. Could have been a gold rope. What? Red rope. Is there any better depiction of the gospel than that right there? The whole town is being destroyed. Every single individual is going to be annihilated except for the one house that has the red rope hanging out the window. Boy, I wish I had people that like to preach right now. Come on. Help me, baby girl. Help me. Well, I don't know about that. Do you remember, remember when they were in Egypt? And he said, look, I'm sending the death angel. He's going to take out all the firstborn. Why? Because the first are mine. Okay, we won't get into that, okay? But I'm going to take them, out, take them all out. Unless you kill a lamb and paint your door red. If you will do that, then the death angel will pass over. That's why we call it the pass over. He will move over you. What did Jesus say? Jesus said, in this cup is my blood 
which is a new covenant. That red, that blood, that scarlet robe is symbolic of a new covenant that we have with God. Rahab, I know, you, I know you're a prostitute. I know you're living in a, in a heathen country. And I, don't, I know you know that we're getting ready to take over this city. If I can just get you to do one thing, baby girl, one thing. I don't need you to fast. I don't need you to pray. I don't need you to go to missions in Africa. Just put the scarlet rope out the window. Let me tell somebody right now, it's not all the stuff that you feel like you need to do. Do you have a scarlet rope in your life? Can you go back to a time that he shed blood for you and you fully accepted it? Start right there. Look at your neighbor just like that and say, start right there. Y'all rebellious. Y'all need to do it. I'm trying to close this series out good and strong. Come on. And because of that, she was saved. Because, let me look back over my notes. Because she recognized that God had given the land to Israel. It was already God's. She recognized the supreme God. Her fear of God turned into faith in God. And she had the scarlet cord. Because of that, Rahab was saved. But that's not the end of it. Not just Rahab. Her house. I love what the, what the, what the spies said. You've got to make sure everybody's in the house. Okay, if they're in the house, they're saved. Come on, parents, we need to make sure our kids are in the house, all right? Get them in the house, in the house, all right? Everybody in the house. Now, let me remind you of something, in case you forgot. Where was Rahab's house? What? On the what? What wall? Oh, you mean Jericho's wall? What happened to Jericho's walls? Well, they came a-tumbling down. Look at the miracle. Her house was not in the middle of town. It was on the wall. But because there was a scarlet rope hanging out of that window, archaeologists believe that they have found Rahab's house. There is an entire section of Jericho's wall that did not fall. Throw the rope out. And when everything is falling around you, you just believe. I'm believing that everything else is falling around me, but my house is going to stand. Let it all, let all hell break loose. My house is going to stand. Why? Because I have faith in the one I used to fear. And I got the rope out the window. My house is going to stand. My house is going to stand. My house is going to stand. Let me say something. If you've got God's favor on your life, everything else can fall around you. But your house will stand. Rahab was not just saved. Her house was saved. But not just her house. So was her family. Anybody worried about family? Any of you right now that have some family that are not walking with God, not walking in freedom, you're worried, sick about them, just raise your hand. Maybe it's a kid, maybe it's an uncle. I don't know, come on, raise your hand. Is there a family member you're worried about? I want you to hear your pastor today. Well, you're not my pastor. Well, just today, let me be your pastor, okay? Listen to me. God loves your family more than you do. I know you think that you're the only... No, God, He died for them. 
He shed his blood for them. Rahab's family was saved. The miracle of Rahab, a Gentile, a heathen, not even in the nation that God's chosen. So that's one. Everybody say one strike. Second strike, she's in a condemned city. (laughs) She's living in the city that God says, take them all out, okay? That's two. It's looking bad for you, Rahab. And number three, she's a prostitute. It says, there's no way she should survive. Remember, God said, I want you to take them all out. I want you to wipe them out. And doesn't that sound brutal? Why would God say, I want you to wipe out every man, boy, even the children? Why? Because God wanted to erase them from the face of the earth. He wanted to erase. I don't want there to be a legacy left. Be careful standing up against the things of God. I'm going to tell you that right now, okay? Be very careful. He said, I want you to wipe. That's what is supposed to happen to everybody in this city. Not just them, but their house is going to be destroyed and their family is going to be destroyed. But instead, not only does God save Rahab, not only does God save her house, not only does God save her family, but he allows her family to have a legacy in the lineage of Jesus Christ. What? And you thought Jesus Christ just wanted to get you out of hell and into heaven. Hell, he wants to give you an overcoming life. He wants your family to be saved, your house to be saved. And he wants you to have a lasting legacy. Look at this in Matthew chapter 1. When Matthew begins to document the lineage of Jesus. And salmon grilled, seared, I don't know, cedar plank. And salmon was the father of Boaz, who was the brother of Yoaz. I won't even get into that, though. Had another brother named Brokaz. You know Brokaz? I could go for days right now. It's my birthday. Kristen said, take my my button off. All right. The 9 o'clock we talked about sex. So I'm just going to tell you. She's like, take your button off, birthday boy. Okay, button is off. All right. Salmon, (laughs) Salmon, we're going to say, was the father of Boaz, whose mother was Boaz was the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Obed was the father of Jesse, and Jesse was the father of King David. And David was the father of Solomon. And Matthew just keeps on going and going until he hits Mary and Joseph, who was the father of who's the mother and the stepfather of Jesus. Rahab, Gentile, heathen, in a, in a city that's going to be destroyed, a harlot. And now she ends up as a hero of the faith and in the lineage of Jesus Christ. Little did she know when her fear turned into faith and she took that scarlet rope and threw it out that window that it would just keep on going and it would land in the palace of David and in the manger with Jesus and right here on Sunday morning where you're sitting here thinking you're too far gone. 
because you've messed up. And obviously he couldn't love you anymore. And that rope just keeps on rolling. That scarlet cord is a sign of a covenant. And that covenant is now through Jesus Christ. And that's all you got to do. You got to just let your fear turn to faith. And grab hold of that rope and hang on for dear life. Let me pray for you. Close your eyes. Everybody with your eyes closed. No one moving around unless you just absolutely have to. This is so important. I want to see the hands of those of you right now that have been dealing with fear. Raise your hand. Anxiety, stress, worry. Come on up high. Man, if your eyes were open, you'd freak you out how many people because you thought it was just you by yourself. No. Because that's what the enemy's after. He's after you. He wants to keep you stalemated by fear. All right, put it down. Right now, in Jesus' name, every hand that was raised, God, I pray against the spirit of fear in the name of Jesus. Your word says that perfect love casts out all fear. And we know that you're the only one who has perfect love. So what I want you to come in today, Lord. I want you to sit down beside them. Put your arm around them. Kiss them on the forehead. And let them know how much you love them, how much you care for them. And that you don't want them to be afraid of you. Instead, you want them walking in faith beside you. If you receive that, say amen. Now you're going to have to wake up in the morning. You have to wake up in the morning and you have to remind yourself. Remember when you wake up, ah! Why remind yourself as soon as you wake up? No, 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 no. Not by fear, but by faith.